What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest CSG podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, well, I'm gonna have, I have a return guest with me, a frequent guest now. Um, before I introduce my guest, I'm a little housekeeping. Um, I do apologize for trying to use um, gangster rap as a way to connect with the youth <laughs> on, on Twitter. I I realize the errors of my ways. Uh, I will never again try to do that sort of thing, and I will just embrace being old um, and uh, not try to uh, quote Tupac and hope that people think I'm cool. And I'll never let I'll never do that again. Uh, but joining me today is someone who doesn't think I'm cool, but yet somehow tolerates me every day. Uh, it is my friend Trey Mitchell. Hello, Trey. What is what is the backstory with this gangster rap thing? I don't know. Did you did, tweet some? Yeah, I Tupac tweeted a, lyric that. Yeah, I did. I, it, it was someone the, misconstrued. Yeah, it was the lyrics to the song, uh, in Mackie Valley, uh, Hail Mary. Uh, it's a sorry, the song, and it was like, uh, I, I, I had mentioned that Matt Michael Malone is not Machiavellian, and it reminded me of of this song, Hail Mary, by, by Tupac. We, I actually have a really funny Nuggets related thing with that specific song. Oh, so. Really? When An- when Anilo Piro, I'm sure people follow, like know of him, um, writer and radio host for Mile High Sports, he and I went to high school together, and we would go to a lot of Nuggets games. And like when you when you go to a certain amount of basketball games in a season, you start to pick up on the things that happen every single game and you start to despise them once you hear it. Uh, Jeff, I'm sure you know this, like there are certain radio cue or sorry, uh, certain musical cues, certain like, I remember key bank, key quarter, just like all these things that just were so repetitive. Mm-hmm. And we started to notice that like with two and a half minutes left in the first quarter, every game, it would be, Hey, Mary, come <laughs> with me. <laughs> Like, just, like, start playing that song by Tupac. And Anil and I just always, every single time, I just remember, like, Randy Foy bringing the ball up and just hitting, like, Hail Mary by Tupac. So it's funny that you did quote that, you did quote that because that actually is interlaced with uh, the Nuggets. So, yeah, not I, a good I give version you a of pass. the Nuggets. It's not a good version of the Nuggets either. So Quite possibly the worst version of my lifetime. <laughs> no, I had it was... Nicole Jokic. What, what was the line? Machiavelli. Kilmanati, all over your body. Blows like over a 12 gauge shotty. Like a 12 gauge shotty. Yeah. Feel me? Nice. Yeah. I, I know Tupac. <laughs> Jeff, so, so Jeff, are you a biggie or Tupac person? If you if you were to pick. Um, I'm a neither person, but I will lean towards Biggie because I think he was a little more on the melodious side, and that's the way I my ears heard it. But I th- I think they are both excellent. Um, there are, yeah. I think particularly some of the things that, uh, Tupac Shakur, who I didn't appreciate at the time, by the way, and, and anyone who's listening to this, my friend, Pat, who I know listens to this and who knew me back then is a very aware of this. Uh, I did not appreciate it back then. I kind of had revisited a lot of that stuff and a lot of the stuff that he was doing pr- just before he died. Um, Tupac was actually really cool, really, um, unique and a lot of really good clever word word plays yeah. uh but biggie was more of a poppy pop he had more pop element to him and some of that could be through uh uh puff daddy as he was known back then so um you know that's 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 my that's my thought this isn't the gen x show but i mean that's that's my show <laughs> 
Yeah. I've always appreciated Biggie has a song or I think I forget what what song it is, but he just has like a Obi Wan Obi Wan Kenobi drop. It's like running through the forest like Obi. I just always <laughs> appreciated that. I think that's what it is. Hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, it's not. He didn't predict Obi Toppin, but we'll, well see. Well, maybe. What if it was running through the forest like Odie, the dog from Garfield? Mm. Once, once I die, that's the first thing I'll do is I'll ask Biggie what what that song was or what that what that lyric was. It was seriously about Odie from Garfield. Um, so, uh, we're here to not talk about what we just talked about. We're here to talk about the Denver Nuggets who went up 2-0 on the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, by beating them in 108, 102, 108, yeah, what was that? Was it 108, 103? I don't know. One of those. And I think it was 103. And so, uh, lots to talk about here, Trey. But uh, much like the last podcast, what is your top line kind of observation after watching both games? So this is an audio only podcast, but I have a Jamal Murray shirt on. <laughs> I see that. Uh, he is <laughs> a very unique performer. That's what I'll say. Um, you know, I I wear my Jamal jersey most games just because it's the Mile City from like the 2020 to 2022 one, you know, the just the one that they basically did again this year, but looks, I think a little cooler. Um, mm. I was wearing that last night and you know, that first, first half was really rough. I mean, this was one of those games where sports are just such an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows and it just completely draining. I felt like this was game four of the sun series. Uh, just, we got a Jamal performance in this, mm-hmm. but man, watching this was tough. You know, that first half, it's like, I never really liked, people who complain about the refs for a whole game, because I think a lot of it's overblown, Mm. but against the Lakers, things are just different. Like this is, this is not a balanced equation. Like it's Tony brothers was in his bag last night to a way that was just crazy. (laughs) KCP picks up two or two early fouls. um, And he, he basically leaves with a minute and, and a half into the game. And I'm like, what is going on? This is a disaster start. And then it gets, they're just, you know, they're down around 10 the whole game. And then Jamal hits hits a three. He hits a second three. Bruce Brown hits a three. Porter hits a three. Murray hits another three. Murray gets fouled. And it's just, it's like the floodgates opened mm-hmm. to a point where we've seen this from Jamal so often. We saw this in game seven of the Spurs series where he sucks for three quarters. But he that dude does not give up. He is like... Kobe and Steph and this just has this mentality of like shooters are going to shoot and it doesn't matter if he's 0 for 20 20 for 20 he's going to shoot these open shots and thankfully he did because he's the single reason why the Nuggets won last night in my opinion yeah I mean um, the Nuggets were down by three going into the fourth quarter there was a series of events that allowed the Nuggets to be down by only three uh, including Anthony Davis goaltending which happened frequently (laughs) In the game, and it's just there not was a according st- to the ESPN broadcasters oh, last night, the Lakers did not commit a single foul, I, and that was not a goaltend, and there was not a flagrant against D'Angelo Russell, yes. who was um I would like to say minus sixteen, while Bruce Brown was plus sixteen. That is a difference of thirty two for the slow math people. I, I I would I'm I'm just gonna point this out because I I, I am guilty of this of 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 being an old person and thinking that the league is probably a little. Uh, lacks in the way they they 
do things. They they used to allow more physical contact, all this stuff. You know, the typical person who watched yeah. 90s basketball will say. But there wasn't anything particularly rough last night. What was sucked was they were calling chintzy, really chintzy fouls and, and interpretation fouls, contact drawing fouls. And but the flagrant foul was clearly a fragrant foul if you go by the rules. I mean, it's it's he hit him in the face. He hit him in the face. You like it's it's a it's a stupid letter of law thing that like any contact of the face is a flagrant. But if we're gonna call a flagrant, that's what a flagrant is. Yes, and Jeff you can Van... argue with what the definition of a flag of a flagrant can be. Yeah, but by the rules, Jeff Van Gundy, this is not the nineties. This is oh this is quite literally thirty years later. Jeff Van, <laughs> maybe Van... there's a reason why you don't have a job as a coach. Jeff Van Gundy be clowning himself by by going there. It was that worse direction. than Mark Jackson, <laughs> which was cra- which is crazy to say. And and it was so he weird. He just and... hates he hates the NBA. Well, what is it? What and we're going to get to the second half of the podcast. Trey and I are going to talk about the 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 Nuggets finally letting through out the floodgates some frustrations that they've had this entire year. Uh, I will be getting to that. Um, but I, I do think that kind of plays into it and everyone feels it. And especially when you play the Lakers, there's always, it's always like this, it's always the decks are stacked against you. Uh, you pointed this out. It's like a eight on five and all that, all that stuff that yeah. people talk about. And I, people were texting me during the game and I said, look, you're just going to have to power through this and the nuggets are going to have to power through this. And it's the mentally not tough teams that let it get in their head. And this is something I noticed against when the Warriors were playing the Lakers, the, the foul drawing by the Lakers seriously got into their heads. And that was very interesting to me for a team that, that has won so many championships recently four in the last 10 years. Um, the, the, the Warriors, getting that rattled by all the foul calls in the Lakers favor was very interesting. And what the Nuggets showed me last night is that they just powered through. They they accepted it, what was going to happen, powered through and prevailed in the end. And that to me showed a lot mentally for them. I, that, I honestly think the biggest, so I said the biggest reason why Jamal, why we won was Jamal, but I honestly might even disagree with my own statement there. I think the biggest reason we won is just the mentality and play of Bruce Brown. Uh, there's been a lot talked about, like how the Nuggets probably can't keep him next year financially. Whatever, I, you know, I don't exactly know how that all works with the mid-level exception and stuff. But yeah. uh, he is like, I, I don't know if the heart and soul of the team is might be a little bit excessive, but like he's the dog of this team. You know, he. He goes at it with D'Angelo Russell. He will take really nice threes and, and hit them. He took one one bad three at the end of the end of the game. We're, we're up like seven, and he takes like a three at the with twenty two seconds left on the on the shot clock with, with two minutes left. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it led to a fast break. But besides that, it's like he will get a he will get a layup off that he jumps from like almost the free throw line and just slithers in to the rim and gets a really nice layup or he'll just do really nice on ball pressure on um, Austin um, Reeves or just whatever. And he, this series and this playoffs and this season, I thought second half of the regular season, he kind of couldn't find a shot, Mm -hmm. but his mentality is something that 
just adds to a championship team. Like there are players who are, in my opinion, championship players. The first guy I think of is Marcus Smart. Just like that mentality he has is mm. the championship mentality. And I think Bruce Brown is to a, in a lesser extent that for the Nuggets. He just provides so much positivity. And um, when Jokic is on the floor, I think the team is able to breathe a little bit because they're like, okay, you know, he's the thing that makes everything go. I think Bruce Brown is second in that where you just have confidence when he's out there that he's going to do the right thing. He's going to ruffle the right feathers and uh it, it's just it was an awesome game from him he is such a great fit to this team the things that calvin booth have did last off season and um you know some stuff at the trade deadline that's not really a factor right now but the bruce brown signing was one of the best signings i've ever experienced as a nuggets fan like you have paul Millsap, but we didn't really reap the rewards of that until now because of the things that you know he he helped teach uh Jokic and stuff like his actual play on the court legitimized legitimatized the Nuggets but we didn't get prime Paul Millsap during the Nuggets hopefully finals run like we are with Bruce Brown so it's been amazing he's been great and uh yeah I just I love that guy um well I told people this and this is something that this is something that I think people miss a little bit and this is probably goes into why Jeff Green is playing so much is that I can safely say if Jeff Green is not on the roster, Bruce Brown's probably not coming to Denver. And yeah, that is, that is, there is, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying this because someone told me something. Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, the, that three, that, that, that three way um, um, friendship. Uh, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan is a very big factor of why uh, Bruce Brown's here. And um, that kind of, if you're thinking politically, plays into probably why Jeff Green is getting minutes when he shouldn't. Um, and the Nuggets are powering through. And Bruce Brown is a, uh, a is a completely, I wouldn't say a game-changing, but he provides an attitude that the Nuggets need. Um, I, I, the Nuggets haven't had a lot of attitude players, you know, since basically since Kenyon Martin was here and it's been nice to get a guy who's not going to take any shit. And I think that kind of galvanizes the team specifically since Jamal is kind of a, I don't want shit to be, you know, I don't want to get, take your shit, but it's more of a, of a, I'll perform it that way on the court. The Nuggets needed a guy who's going to talk. And they needed a guy who's going to be able to be that kind of fiery presence. And Bruce Brown fits that 100% to a T more than his defense, more than his scoring. I think the Nuggets needed that element to kind of, particularly with the Lakers, power them through, particularly a game last night where in the first half, as you were pointing out, I mean, the fouls were not going their way. I, I believe Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and Christian Brown all had two fouls in the first quarter. I mean that was just yeah. it was insane. So and Jokic wasn't wasn't scoring. Like it's no, um, no. I mean Bruce, uh, yeah, it's he he's amazing. I he also, you know, before Jamal got hurt, there were a few times when they would play. It was mostly when the the bench would come in where Jamal would play with Monte, mm -hmm. and like I liked those lineups. But I just always felt like Monte was just Monte and Jamal is a little bit too small. Mm -hmm. um, Bruce Brown's thing a little bit bigger, and I think a little bit more able to 
keep his own on defense to the point where like I think he actually helps get Jamal like in the flow of shooting more because he doesn't have to dribble the ball as much. So uh no, it's it's awesome. I Bruce Brown gets a we should give him equity in illegal Pete's. I think that's my um <laughs> that's my pitch to keep him in Denver. I it would work for me, man. I love that place. Um or he can be at Casa Benina. Casa yeah, that, that's that's gonna be all the rage here. So uh yeah. and I heard I did did the did they buy Lakeside too? I, I think uh, the the South Park guys, I think they bought Lakeside too. Maybe. So. Yeah. Which I've is... been there once. It was bad. <laughs> Very old place. I did not feel safe. <laughs> um but we need to talk about that fourth quarter. Um, very specifically the flurry that happened with with actually it started with Bruce Brown, as you pointed out, went to Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. hit a shot. It was this big run that the Nuggets went on midway through the third fourth quarter that really was the reason they won the game. Um, then they outlasted the the Lakers down the stretch. Um they were hitting shots they weren't earlier, they were getting open. Um, some of that looked like the Lakers were a little exhausted. Um, what were you feeling to what that, that, that big run happened? It was like over the course of a minute and a half. During the playoffs and like specifically the big games, I like guess not so much during the Timberwolves series, but like, I can't sit while I watch these games. I'm, I'm standing, yeah. I'm crouching down, like whatever. And just every shot felt like, just like, a like, you know, you know when you're playing video games and you get a stim mm-hmm. or whatever. Like there's like a like a Star Wars game out now called Jedi Survivor, and like whenever your health is low, this little droid like throws out like a little green thing and you stab yourself with it and it gives you life. Every time the Nuggets made a three, that's how I felt because like offense was not come by easily in this game. Like Jokic, I think was what nine for twenty one, which isn't like terrible, but it's it definitely a bad game for him. And so when the focal point of your offense is scoring and the Lakers, you know, have that number one overall defense in the playoffs, at least going in going into the series, uh, it was pretty bad. And then, yeah, Bruce makes a three, Jamal makes a three, and it just, it, it adds up. And I was freaking out. I was running around my apartment. I was like, this is amazing. Because <laughs> I, I really did think we were going to lose that game, like most of the way. It's just, it felt like we couldn't get anything and I, I, I felt like it was game four of the Sun series, which was that Jokic Booker pound for pound. I think Jokic had 51 in that game, but ultimately the Suns won. I just remember it feeling like it just took stuff out of me. I felt <laughs> dead afterwards and I felt kind of dead after this, but man, every, every one of those shots was just you could feel the crowd getting into it and just having a great time. You could feel like that's the stuff that Murray lives for. That's the stuff that Porter, the Porter shot was honestly the most, imp- the most impressive one was Jokic. Sorry. It was Murray shooting that really deep one on LeBron. Just over LeBron. Anything you do against LeBron is really yeah. impressive. Yeah. Even when he's missing dunks and stuff during the game, <laughs> which was very, very strange to see. Uh, kind of makes me sad. But I mean, great stuff. And like, even when Jokic isn't scoring during that stretch, he has his fingerprints over everything. He sets the ball screen that gets Porter open and Porter gets that clean three. So it was just amazing. And then Porter throws it in bounds and catches the ball. <laughs> uh, oh God, that was just, just a few, <laughs> I was like, dude, what? Uh, and, um, and then Nuggets always kind of play with the food at the very end, but. No, so those those threes were everything. It, it was the reason why we got like 
I think w- the first one tied it. I think Mike Mike hit a corner three that tied the game, mm-hmm. and that ten minutes in the game it left. And you know, the Lakers played really hard these last two games in Denver, and they're down two zero. That's not good for them, in my opinion. You know, I, I, no way that no way have the Nuggets won this series. But LeBron's thirty nine or whatever. Davis is a guy who gets injured a lot, so. I just would feel really frustrated if I was a Lakers fan because you won three quarters of this game and the Nuggets won the fourth by just enough. And honestly, I had no, uh, they probably shouldn't have won this game, but they did. And that is one step closer to defeating Nug Life. Yes. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there. And I, I've been saying this on my podcast and I'll re- repeat it here. It doesn't need to be, I don't need to go too into depth here, but um, it is very clear that the Lakers really wanted game one and that their strategy was to win game one. Um, And if you look back at their previous series, they went all out to win game one in each series in against Memphis and then against uh, uh, the, the Warriors. And really what you saw was the reasoning you saw manifest itself uh, in game two of this series. Um, Both. Well, Davis was terrible. Um, he, he, he was okay defensively, he was but fine defensively, he but, was okay yeah. defensively, but he was not good offensively. He was missing bunnies. They were decent shots too. Yeah. Like, and it, it's just that he does that though. That is the Nancy Davis thing. Well, one of the reasons one on one off, one of the reasons that the, the Lakers kind of want to do this is that they win game one and it allows, if, especially if they don't have home court advantage, it allows LeBron and Davis to coast in game two. And then they can charge up big time when it comes to game three, game four. But now that they've lost that second game, or they lost the first game, which they, you could tell, you could absolutely tell. You never see a coach make a big change like that. Like that, like Darvin Ham did in putting Rui Hachimura on uh, Nikola Jokic, because it's tipping your hand in game one, and you don't want to do that. The reason they want to do that, because they wanted that game bad. And they exhausted themselves doing that. And then they came out and were firing all on, not really on all cylinders, because I wouldn't call this a well-played game by either team. The Lakers were getting foul shots, which is well, well-played game by the, uh, by the refs. They yes. got everything was, they wanted. They made up their points with shooting, shooting free throws, but this was not a well-played game by either the Nuggets or the, uh, the Lakers. But by the fourth quarter, they were dead. And you could tell they were dead. LeBron was making stupid mistakes and just like stupid shot selection too. I mean, he yeah. shot six threes in this game and made none. Yes. He was 0 for six. And the last two were atrocious. <laughs> they were atrocious. It, yeah. It was, I mean, if, if, if Mike <laughs> shoots those, we're like ripping our hair out and he's a 45% free throw shooter. I will say if I was a Lakers fan, uh, Obviously, you have the next two games at home, so you have a chance to make this best two out of three going back to Denver for two out of those three games. But you got really great contributions from Rui Hachimura in this game. Really great contributions from Austin Reeves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can rely on those. Like, like I, I don't know if they're going to do that again. I, Rui's been really great. Like, I'm not going to say he's not going to perform really well, but he was like 17 points, seven for seven shooting in this game at one point the, the the guy who's honestly it's been a joke in this series is d'angelo russell mm-hmm. i have never seen a player who 
this used to be Andrew Wiggins before he joined Golden State that mm -hmm. could just put up numbers without affecting the game at all. He does nothing positive for your team. He brings terrible energy to the court. His the pace he plays at is so slow and so like I don't give an f about this. Like, dude, mm -hmm. you're in the Western Conference Finals. Like the last what what do you do? I, I don't know. So, <laughs> I mean, I do think the best lineup for the Lakers you have Schroeder, Reeves, LeBron, Rui, Davis. I think that one's pretty good. That's the one that I would definitely start with next game if I were them. I don't like Vanderbilt starting for them. I don't think he does anything positively besides like maybe make Yoko work for some more rebounds, but uh, the Nuggets have some more cards, I think, than the Jokic, than the Lakers do. And the, the Lakers, like you said, they showed their hand in game one with playing Rui on Jokic. Something that I honestly think worked pretty well again in this game, it wasn't Rui, it was LeBron. And, uh, Jordan Jokic. you know, I've recent, yeah, on Jokic. And I've, I realized recently, like, Draymond Green, I think, really likes LeBron. And uh, I've heard like some clips of his podcast. And I honestly think that remember last year when Draymond was playing against the Nuggets and he did a pretty good job on Jokic. I think he probably gave LeBron tips for this series because I think LeBron plays Jokic really, really well. Mm -hmm. uh, not something that something that can stop him, but something that LeBron's done well, but drains him with his energy. And he had, he had nothing left at the end of the game. So that's the that, that's the big thing. Yeah, well, yeah, he he cooks Davis, and this is something that people don't want to admit, but Jokic, Jokic has always done that with Davis. It says Davis is not that type of guy. He's not a bruiser, and and it's just that that Jokic kind of is able to do that. And that's why he had so many points, and was out was was outdoing him in the first three quarters against the in the first game. With Le, he, Jokic's thing was is with guys who were smaller. And LeBron's smaller and strong, and Rui Hachimura is is smaller and strong. But the biggest thing is that they want Anthony Davis to roam. Is the is the uh, the phrase which is still working because Gordon hasn't mm -hmm. changed anything. And they or Malone the, hasn't changed anything. Is the best the better thing. And the Nuggets need to have Gordon not just camp out in the dunker spot. I know that's where he's been all year, but he he can't he cannot be camped out on the baseline because all you know, Davis is just standing there, you know um, they need him to set screens off ball screens. They need him to do things like that, involve him in actions where he, he can drive and stuff like that it is just basically they're making Anthony Davis. Let's say it's like a vacation for him. You know, if you, if you do that, this is like letting him stand there. So I think that's what the Nuggets can do. Not that they need to have a ton of adjustments. So I, I'm yeah. looking for that in game three, which is tomorrow. Um, it's going to be every other day for this entire series. So um, if you thought people were tired. That does not bode well for the team that has the old uh, superstar. Yes, 100%. Um, okay, we're going to take a small break. And on the other side, uh, Trey and I are going to be talking about Michael Malone and some of the comments that he has made uh, post-game and between games, the last two games. So we'll be back right after this. All right, we're back. Um, so Michael Malone um, made, a, it has made some comments about the Nuggets not receiving respect, being down um being down uh being up but being down in the eyes of the the coverage 
um, and Jokic not getting talked about and all this stuff that, that we've all been discussing because we, we pay more attention to the coverage than most people do. And people have said that, you know, Malone is, um, being, you know, clever and just trying to motivate his team. I don't, Malone doesn't think that way. He, he, the stuff out of his mouth is stuff he genuinely believes he's too emotional to be like that. And I'm, I, it's interesting to, to see like Jamal Murray talk about it. Nikola Jokic even mentioned it too, how this is all kind of motivating this Nuggets team. Uh, how do you think this is going to be play, playing into the rest of the series, Trey? Honestly, the Malone comments themselves are a little annoying to me. Like, I, I don't really care how the Nuggets are perceived because I think this is all fuel that they can use. Uh, I would rather them not be talked about enough than to be talked about way too much just because I feel honestly uncomfortable by that at this point of years of just being like, you know, they win a playoff series against Booker and Durant. It's like, what can the Suns do now? It's not like, Oh wait, hold on. Who is this team that beat them? So I don't really care. I thought Jamal Murray gave a really great quote at the end of the game last night um, in the, uh, post-game interview and he said something how like so, something along the lines of you want to leave everything on on the court you don't want to go home and live have any regrets we put our heart out there and we think it like reflects in her place something like that not verbatim but something like that and those are the kind of things that i want to see like if the nuggets do feel this disrespect with people not talking about them with uh lisa salter saying she never watched Jokic, uh yeah I want that to be reflected in the play. Like that's an extra chip that you can use uh, towards beating this Lakers team, beat LA. Like that's, that's the chant. That's the hashtag hashtag beat LA. This is the mm -hmm. team that you got to beat. It's like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy how the Lakers are even here, <laughs> but they are. So they're our opponent, but, and they played well, but uh, no, I honestly, the Malone stuff kind of annoys me just because I think it's like, a bit whiny but if he's if he's gonna gonna keep saying that and if that if he gives that sort of passion to his team to his to his team that they're not getting respect so they got to go out and, and and earn it like whatever you know you you use that for for fuel I, I i will say this without revealing too much this has been a issue within um and the, and the nuggets aren't the only ones who probably feel uh that um, the four letter network tends to focus on basically specifically LeBron. Let's face it. It's not even teams and it's LeBron nine, you know, 70% then Steph 30%, but that's kind of the percentages they get here as far as coverage goes. And it's because there's a, it's a corporation it's TV. They want to go ratings. They've decided that LeBron is, there there's there's a desperation about lebron eventually leaving and the nba and network executives are having a hard time identifying who the next person is going to be even though there's stars all throughout the league right now right and there's this this desperation to cling on to uh um the 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 ghost what i say of the ghost of lebron he can still do what he can do it's i'm not saying that he's washed up i'm saying that he doesn't drive the numbers that he used to but he still yeah. does a little bit and 
this has affected their coverage and it's very specifically their coverage of the number one of the number one seed in the Western conference for the majority of the season that outside of a, a dud where Joel Embiid didn't show up has not really been talked about and it kind of ignored. And I think of that the MVP stuff also factors into this whole thing and how toxic it got. I think the the there's probably people within the Nuggets who are very very annoyed at the way that they've been talked about this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, your favorite podcast, the the poop, the poop collective. Uh, <laughs> theirs was the, the first reaction that I listened to last night, just because I was like. Honestly, I was up to like 3 a.m. last night, East Coast time, just because there are moments in sports where you just want to live in that moment, like, like without thinking too much in the future, you just want to f- like feel the positivity of that moment. So last night, honestly, one of the biggest wins in franchise history, there's no way to sh- sugarcoat that. The Nuggets are as close as they have ever been, I think, to the fi- to the NBA Finals. I think, yes. I don't think they've, They've never been. I don't think they've lost in seven. So yeah. So this is as close as we've ever been. That's something to be celebrated with because who knows, man, we could lose all the four next games. We're not going to, but you just don't know. So I wanted to just sit there and really feel the moment of, wow, we just beat the Lakers after basically losing uh, 40 minutes of that game. Right. So just really sat there and I listened to that one. It was fine, but I've listened to more and more. I, I, okay. So my podcast rotation, I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. Not, not every time, but like if there's an interesting topic, low post, um, the mismatch, but I think Kevin O'Connor has been really kind of shit this season, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think there, there is like this, you know, Jokic is the best player in the world. Like it's, you, you can't say otherwise if Giannis was playing more, maybe he'd be, the thing, the one I I love Giannis. I'm not going to slander him, but it's mm-hmm. obvious that, that 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 other guy is not the best player in the world, man. You got he got the the pity MVP. So shout out to him. <laughs> but uh, he's back at home again with his best teammate about to go to Houston, and his coach was fired, and uh, things aren't looking great. And it's not always sunny in Philly, but uh, <laughs> no, the ESPN stuff is just it's whatever. It's like people who know basketball understand that this team is really good. How special it is! You have the people like us who've watched every game. We we watched the months. We watched the month of March. We understood how bad that was. Understood that that was just a okay. You got the one seed. You're taking time off now. Get healthy. Like get your rest. And uh, you know when the Bucks won the championship, I think that changed a lot of people's opinions on Giannis. Giannis was a guy who couldn't make free throws before that. He really had a big free throw struggle in that playoffs, and then made a lot of clutch free throws in the finals, and it changed the perception of him. And you just have to win a championship to be taken seriously. I wasn't around for the for the Jordan years, but I know that dude really struggled to get around teams, specifically the Pistons. And when he did, perception changed. When LeBron won that first title, perception changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph, you know, the Warriors had never the, the Warriors hadn't won in forty years, and then they finally win, and they get ten years of coverage as if they were the greatest thing of all time. They were a dynasty. I'm not saying that wasn't warranted, but you have to win to get that respect. And hopefully the Nuggets are on their way to doing that because it just it that's the way sports work. Well, you unless know, you're a giant media market. Well, it's it's and I I can see it and and look there is some whininess to it. Um, I turned on 
the 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 coverage this morning, and I don't know what I was expecting, but it was the coverage, overall. Jess. Jeff, which specifically were you were listening to? Did you tap back into that terrible, terrible well that you said you would never drink out of again? No, not not today, not today. Uh, okay. But I did it. I did listen. I mean, even Simmons, who's generally been fair with the Nuggets, his podcast was all he about loves the, the Nuggets. It was all about the Lakers. Um, the the uh, ESPN morning shows were all about the Lakers. The, I didn't listen to, you know, the poop collective. I didn't listen to that. Um, uh, but I did listen to. There was interesting stuff about the draft or the draft lottery in that one. Which is, yeah. That and, you know, and, and Windhorse has been all over the Wimbamiana thing. So, um, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's on that beat. And I, then I've enjoyed the, 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 the coverage of the lottery stuff that I've heard, even low and Zach Lowe had something, but low, even low was kind of like pushing back on some things today. I think some of it is a little bit about the fact that the, that ESPN kind of is entrenched with things. And I think it's a very specifically from the Nuggets perspective and some are multiple teams perspective directed at ESPN, who kind of is the king of directing the way the coverage goes because they're the 24 hour news network. And I and I and the in in general though it doesn't matter. I guess then the only way it matters is if it motivates the Nuggets, right? Because sure as fuck, uh, and Mike Malone's um, talking about it in press conferences is not going to change the way they approach things. So the only thing you can do is control yourself and win and keep winning and turn that angst into more like we're we're not going to let them do this to us we're going to win and i can see it with jamal i can see because he kind of thrives on disrespect i can see that with him he's he kind of responds to that disrespect kind of every player feels this feels disrespect in the nba yeah, that's right it's just a it's just a it's 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 funny phrasing to me like every player like i'm sure lebron feels disrespected like who's the consensus best player in the league Jokic, he's absolutely disrespected. Everyone's disrespected. I just think it's yes. it's a funny thing. It's like when like Mark Jackson's like, you got to give this guy some credit. It's like, what is this credit? You, you can't. This thing can't be redeemed. Uh, but no, I, I think the national stuff is just another reason why to listen to the to the local people, to listen to you, to listen to Lockdown Nuggets, listen to Ryan Blackburn, uh, Dean VR, um, just the people that do this and are fans of this team. Uh, you know, everyone has, everyone has their favorite, uh, but people who watch this game, understand, watch the Nuggets, understand how special this team is and understand how special these players are specifically Jokic, Murray. Um, and it's been awesome. It's been awesome. So last night was some, a game that I really didn't think the Nuggets were going to win. They do. Mm -hmm. And it was a feeling of like the good thing happened to us. Yes. (laughs) Like the basketball gods are worse against this team. Mm-hmm. like this this team that like it's you know i love star wars it's it they literally feel like the empire at times where it's like nothing you're just so small like not only do you have lebron and you're playing against you have the referees in the first half they, in the first half that you're playing against the mm-hmm. point where everything is a foul call to get kcp and brown and uh porter and foul trouble it's like it's like it's like you know you said eight on eight on five and i hate being the person who complains about the refs but every damn person knows watching the game that that was what happened so to have all all that's being said to come out of that at the end to win Really special thing. Really makes me think that this is going to be the special year. So, yeah, I well, 
two more wins, man. Yeah, I was gonna say. To I want to say, but before before we go, what do you think? How do you think the games in Los Angeles will uh, will will transpire? How do you think? How do you see these going down? I've got a vision that the Nuggets will win one of them. I don't know which one, um, but I, I I can't see a sweep. But but I have I have a hard time anytime predicting a sweep. That's pretty ambitious. But um, I can see the Nuggets. Yeah taken one of these games how do you see it if, if the nuggets win game three i think they sweep that's how i feel i don't think the series gets gets past five games i said i think texting you beforehand i think you're the only person i texted my prediction to <laughs> i said nuggets and five i think because mm-hmm. i really did feel like we were going to win both games at home did not win every quarter at home but won both games which is ultimately what matters i think we will split i would probably if you ask me which game, I'd probably say game four, we win and then wrap it up here in Denver because I just think the Lakers, like if, if they have any shot, it's going to be next game. They they can't go down 3-0. Going down 3-0 to the Nuggets is like, you you literally can't come back from that. So uh, I would say they'd, they'd probably come out next game with their best effort, but I don't know, man. I really think that they made the adjustments that they had to make early in the series. I think there are still some to make for Denver, specifically Gordon. Um, and I feel really good about things. Felt really good about things going into game three in Phoenix and came out of that 2-2. So we will see. This team really plays better at home uh, besides that game six in Phoenix. But uh, no, I, I'm feeling good about this. I'm, I'm, I'm cautious. I was really nervous in that game. That was... Sports have this ability to make us be at our lowest and make us be at our highest all within the realm of 48 minutes. So oh, it's been a special run and I, I am just, I am enjoying it. But when you care as much as we care, this watching these games is like, it's like war, man. It's tough. <laughs> it's emotionally terrible unless you're it, winning, unless it's game six. Well, since I don't go to games anymore, I I've refound my fandom. Uh, I think I said this the last time you were on, but I I, I kind of got dead inside when I was covering the team because it kind of makes you that way. You kind of have to be that way. And I just, I found it again. And I think I needed this for me because I needed to remember that I'm a fan. I needed to remember that I'm a fan of this team. And last night I was so full of anxiety. I was pacing every foul. I was grumbling under my breath. There was, a, there was just, uh, I have not been like that in a decade, over yeah. a decade. And it was, it was, you want to, you want to know, I, uh, I think I can, I think I can, I, I can say this. Uh, I have a medical marijuana card, so I legally purchased a gummy. And, mm-hmm. uh, when I know I'm going to be really stressed, I just take one beforehand and I am just Zen, you know, I am <laughs> completely legal, uh, for me, but I like, I, I need that because my anxiety is so high going in and going into these games. You know, the first round against the wolves wasn't really that high just because I think everyone knew we were going to win that series fairly easily. Yeah. Next round game four really took it out of me, but this, this one, yeah, it's the Lakers. It's like. You're knocking on that door, so I, 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 I understand. I understand pacing around. <laughs> I just took a picture of me like squatting on the ground, like looking at the TV. It's just you, you got to do whatever you got to do to like be your best self in this. Like I realized, 
I, I can't drink during these because not that I'm bad when I drink. I just like it can be more more like easy easier to be frustrated and stuff. So I just sitting on the couch, zen, you know, really trying to be be chill. And yeah, <laughs> the first half was rough, but the second half was a lot better. So <laughs> we move. Yeah, well, this is Trey's tips for. <laughs> For avoiding anxiety, for staying sane during a Nuggets game tonight (laughs) at five. So, uh, all right, Trey. Um, thanks for coming on doing this. Um, go uh, seek Trey out at Mile High Cinema, where he talks about cinema, and uh, find him at at the at Trayinator on uh, the old Twitter. And uh, he will tweet about the Nuggets and Star Wars. Those those are two things that he tweets about the most. <laughs> and that's it. You get nothing else. I get a picture of my dog. But yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoy these. Yeah. I don't really have an outlet to talk audibly about the Nuggets besides just to my girlfriend, Jess. We talk about them a lot. She's a big fan. So that's yeah. cool. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I was nervous that... This was going to be a bleaker podcast. <laughs> I was like, shit, I got to do this podcast. I committed tomorrow. to do this We're podcast. Down 11 points. And Austin Reeves, I just heard him say, like, like that's a honky tonk bucket to LeBron. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> honky tonk. Okay. I hate him. <laughs> on that note, on that note, uh, everyone wave goodbye to Trey on to your podcast uh, listening thing. And uh, I will be back. Well, for the Gafter Game uh, 4 with another episode. Goodbye. <laughs>